This is the way. Welcome to the second episode of Mando Talk Show, the new series to the Han Talks First podcast, which comes out every week on Monday and Wednesdays. Every Monday, we are Mando Mondays, where we talk about the last week's episode of The Mandalorian. And every Wednesday is the regular scheduled program where we talk about everything else Star Wars. So be sure to check that out after you finish listening to this episode. This is an open spoiler show, so if you have not seen Chapter 10 of The Mandalorian, please stay away, unless you don't care, and welcome. My name is Han, I am the host, and I have herded one of my nerfs from the other side of the galaxy to join me today, a friend, a Jedi, a Star Wars geek, Dean. How's it going, buddy? Tell everyone who you are and how you doing. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to be back. Um, I think the last time I was on was Controversial Topics, where I decided to say um, Jedi have diabetes because Metachlorians. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. We did the top controversies in Star Wars, which I don't think I told you is actually the second highest rated episode on this show. So that's oh. pretty cool. I hope some people got some laughs out of my goofy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did. So you're you're watching Mando, like right when it comes out every Friday? Yep. 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 And you, you've been a big Star Wars fan for a long time. And you have a nice collection behind you, which the people can see. And before we get into this specific episode, how do you feel about season two as a whole? And your excitement level, where is that at? And how, like, just how are you feeling overall with it so far? I'm loving it overall. Mixed feeling on a few minor things. But those minor things are making me say, I'm done with the season. It's overall, the season is, this is what Star Wars is supposed to be. Disney still knows how to do something right. Like, you know that I like the, um, the sequels, but... I really wish they had this mindset in the sequels because this is showing they still know what Star Wars is in essence. Like it's it's still there. They know what they're doing. It's just more so we got to get the hand. Like the franchise has to be in Dave's hands. That's kind of where where I'm at with this. And a lot of people <laughs> will agree with you as well. So yes, uh, you know Dave and John Favreau and the new direction of the franchise is cool, but we can't also forget that George Lucas is pretty good for those of you can't story. who aren't who are listening to the audio i'm wearing a shirt that says george lucas is pretty good <laughs> that's it it's just a shirt with text on it okay so i do have a little bit of news that i wanted to share uh, we don't typically do news updates here on the show but this is very much related to the mandalorian so season three of the mandalorian was recently listed in production um with the working title buccaneer sparking and guess it making a guessing game among fans and what the what that moniker buccaneer may entail 
And as per usual, Lucasfilm and Disney Plus are mums the word on details about the new season, including casting. But shooting may not even be for The Mandalorian Season 3, but it could be something else. There's a quote here I have from Nelly Andrea from Deadline. And she's the one who broke this story. And this is what she says about the production of Man- supposedly Mandalore's Lorraine season three. She says the confusion stems from the level of secrecy within the Lucasfilm camp, but persistent chatter could explain that the discrepancy that another Mandalorian related project or spinoff, I hear possibly a Boba Fett miniseries would film first starting next week or later this month with the Mandalorian season three production coming out after that. So the theory here is that this person is saying is, and I don't, I'm not sure if this is a man or a woman, so I'm sorry if I got that wrong. But the theory here is there is something Lucasfilm shooting next week that's starting production. We just don't know if it is season three of The Mandalorian or Boba Fett. Her sources apparently tell her it's Boba Fett, but I don't know. Are you hearing this for the first time or have you heard about This is the first that I'm hearing this. Okay, so this dropped today. Now, this episode premieres Monday, but we're actually recording this on a Friday. So the article came out today, and this person has had a very credible history, she, and they have great sources, and it's Deadline. Deadline is very reliable. So I saw this, and I thought it makes sense that, I mean, we've, there was supposed to be that Josh Trank Boba Fett film that was supposed to be announced in 2015, which fell through uh, for other, other reasons I won't get into. But so there was a film in, in development at the time and they've always talked about the possibility of doing something like Boba Fett, bringing him back in some way. And it looks like with Tamara Morrison back in Mando, the possibility of having another miniseries spinoff from the Mandalorian is very high. Because a few months ago, before Bob Iger, the former president and uh, head of the board of Disney, had told the public that there was going to be spinoff series and movies of characters from The Mandalorian. So, and we know John Favreau has a very tight grip on his production schedule for this series. I mean, they knocked out season two really quickly as it was premiering last year, the first season. So they could already have started production for season three and this new production could be Boba Fett. I don't know. Personally, I, oh, sorry. Uh, Personally, I don't think, I wouldn't want a Boba Fett series. I I just, I've never been a huge fan of Boba Fett. I, I want to get more into like the force side of, Star Wars. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. Mark Hamill. Sebastian Stan, let's make him young Luke. <laughs> I'm 100% down. But what about you? Are you like a, a, a huge Boba guy? Like, would you want to see a series? I, I'm not a huge, like, Boba's cool. But part of the thing is, with what we truly know about Boba, besides getting the Bounty Hunter comics, and, and even in the Bounty Hunter comics, he's, he's got his presence there, but he's not, he's, he's not the overwhelming presence there. We got the new character, which... I'm forgetting the name because I'm really bad about the new comic book names. I'll be hundred percent honest. Dr. Alpha is the only one I know off the top of my head because 
that's the name of the comic. <laughs> um, but basically, like, I, I wouldn't mind more lore on Boba. And Buccaneer makes a lot of sense because you got the Spurs, and that, that's really what instantly makes. That'd be a good code name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm not going to be jumping up and down for it. Now, once it's announced, I'll be jumping up and down for it. But rumors right. don't have right. me jumping up and down. Like, right. it, it's once it's announced official and they tell me it's Boba, I'll be ecstatic. Like, I was fanboying when I already knew that um, the guy from Santa Clarita Diet, can't think of his name, but when he first appeared in the Boba Fett armor. Oh, Timothy Oliphant? Yeah, I, I was instantly like, I know it's not Boba, but there's the armor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, then I, I do love where he got the armor from because um, I think it was Parks and Rec, that whole Star Wars. Up oh, there right. Like, <laughs> the, the filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I like how they pulled some that. I know that there was fanfare that helped write that. But right. I was just, I like that they actually went to the fanfare of there the armor is just sitting in one of the um, tankers um, in the Jawa. <laughs> and that's one of the oldest Star Wars fan like fictions and theories yeah, and conspiracies. Is Boba Fett surviving yeah, Sarlacc Pit? I, I remember that from when I was in elementary school where like, oh, really? it's like, like it was in one of the books. I don't know which book it was, but I remember like the ass that had eaten away at the armor. And they did that to Boba's armor as well. Like, if you look closely, it's definitely been eaten by the stomach acid of the Sarlacc. Okay, guys, so you heard the news. Let us know what you think. Maybe you've heard something more. Maybe it's Boba Fett. Maybe it's just Mando Season 3. But let us know what you would think about a Boba Fett miniseries. We're going to take a quick quick break to hear about uh, the sponsor for Han Talks first, and then we'll be right back. Okay, guys, thanks for sticking around. Let's move on to talking about this episode and breaking it down and hearing uh, Dean's thoughts on it as well. Uh, I want to say quickly, just right off the bat, I love the direction of this, the way this show is going. Season two, I already like way more than season one. I mean, season one, you kind of got to find your footing and establish the foundation of the show, which is the hardest part of anything to build the foundation. I mean, look at construction, like building a house. (laughs) It takes months to build a foundation and uh, days later, the whole house is finished. That's what this show is. We're past the foundation. We're getting into the nitty gritty of it. And I freaking love it. This chapter in particular Reminded me of so many other science fiction things I loved. Uh, uh, Just a few to point out. Halo. The little spider things. It reminds me of the flood from Halo. And I'm a huge Halo guy. It's probably my favorite video game ever. So I kind of nerded out about that when I I thought about it after viewing. And also Aliens with the eggs and stuff like that. You're you're missing the obvious one also. Eight-legged freak. Eight-legged freak. I don't know that. You haven't seen it, Legged Freaks? Where, like, the giant spiders... It, it, it's, like, a funny horror movie. The, like, the like low-budget sci-fi B movie? Kinda. It, it's not, I um... I don't think it's so. It's not Star, Starship Troopers, or whatever that was, with um, Neil Patrick Harris. It's, yeah. it's a Legged Freaks. It's, it's basically a bunch of spiders, and it, it just 
that scene just seemed like it like it freaks me all like it felt like a cheesy um suspense horror movie kind of thing like but it was good but it felt that way <laughs> i'm gonna have to add that to the list but while you said that it made me think also once all the spiders came out over the hill, I was watching it with my girlfriend and I leaned over to her and I was like, Hagrid, is that you? <laughs> because it reminded me of that scene from Harry Potter. But yeah, so I, I loved this, this chapter. I love the first two chapters a lot. The chapter nine, the premiere of season two was my favorite episode of all time so far. But this one, it was like borderline horror. It was, it was very tense, dramatic. We learned so much about the relationship between Mandalorian and the child a little bit more. And most importantly, and most importantly, we find out what baby Yoda's favorite drink is frog boba. And he likes to eat the bobas first. (laughs) I looked at my wife and I went, that looks like those little berry things that you know the name of that. You thought it too. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) But um, they've got kind of getting into that. Um, so I do want to mention one thing. The reason the reason why this season feels so much better right now, in my personal opinion, is you already see the continuation that's being built. It, it's it's not every episode is loosely threaded together. It was we picked up where we left off. Did we end with seeing Boba? No, we didn't. But so that was a little bit disappointing. But that that was my really only true complaint about the episode because. I built it up to be so much more in my head of Boba and Mando, um, Boba and Din are going to meet. That is where my head was at. And I was just like, we're about to just have an all out brawl because Boba wants his Mandalorian armor back. Right. That's where my head went and it, it didn't happen. I, I got myself overhyped. So I think that's why I was a little bit, I wasn't disappointed by the episode, but I was a little bit let down because where my mind went, <laughs> I was just like, we are going to have, Jetpack over here, jetpack over here, bubble walking on. <laughs> like that is where my head is at, and it didn't happen. But going back to the baby Yoda. Um, oh, by the way, I, guys, while we're talking, if you're watching the video, I'm going to throw up some of the concept art from this show as we're talking. Go ahead. Um, so, one of the things that when baby Yoda first, or the child first laid his eyes on the little backpack with the eggs in it. And he seemed really drawn to it. For some reason, my mind instantly went, are the exports sensitive? And is, are they speaking to him? And like, that, that's where I was like, are they going to make this? A, like, that, that's where my head went. I was looking at it really broad. Like, I took it down on my notes. I did this. too. I thought he was sensing and, life. And I thought he was sensing life. And I was like, exports sensitive? Question mark. And then literally five minutes later, I typed eating them. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> 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 so then I was like, okay, boom, gotcha. But I was like, are we about to see other forces of beings were like hinting at it? And then it was just a new food source that baby Yoda loves. <laughs> Dude, he, he kept eating them too. He was being a little stinker about it too, man. That last shot when he waits till she like falls asleep and then is like, hum. And then, um, but the way the beginning started, I don't know if you noticed, um, they made it pretty clear, but if you have a bad lighting TV or just angled wrong, but um, if you notice, there was still the um, um, crate Dragon slime on Mandalorian's armor throughout the whole film. Or not the whole oh, film. Oh, at the beginning? The whole, 
It, the whole thing. He oh, never okay. wiped it off. It, it I was, was actually what that was. Okay. It was actually aging what the material was around him with like when he was in the dust. That's why it started. That's why part of his helmet was getting so frosty all of a sudden. Oh, was okay. because it was actually it up. Um, it was actually where the slime was in the beginning of the episode. That's where it was the, getting the frostiest on his helmet. So I don't know if that was okay. spider web or it was sticking there. But if you look at the way it lines up, the and this is off of recollection, not like I put them side by side, but that's the way it kind of looked was they were kind of in similar areas on the helmet. So I thought that okay. was a really cool kind of continuing, again, that continuation of this is where we left off. We're not in a clean, shiny armor every episode anymore. It's now <coughs> we're seeing things beat up. The um, the Razor Crest is going to be beat up at the beginning of next episode. And I'm sure that we're going to see another bounty hunter trying to tell him to pull his pull aside um, and things like that. Yeah, that, that crest <laughs> goes through a lot, man. <laughs> I feel bad for it. You notice um, when we first saw the Razor Crest after it crash landed, did you notice the position it was in and what it looked like? It was supposed to be a callback. Big time. When it first landed on the ice when it first planet, on the ice planet, since it wasn't Ilum and it wasn't, and this is something that I want to talk about in a little bit, and it wasn't the Clan Rin's planet. I don't know the planet's name, um, but basically, the way it was landed, it was very reminiscent of the Millennium Falcon. I feel like that was on purpose. If you look at the uh, way it was angled, they had one of the engines angled just perfect, where it looks like the. Um, the pilot part of the Millennium Falcon where it comes off to the side and you have the little where everybody sits if you're piloting. Yeah. It looked a lot like that, actually. Could have been intentional. I didn't think about that. But like, it was just a small little thing. Whether they meant it or not, my mind instantly went to Millennium Falcon on the on planet hop. And that, oh, okay. that's what it just made me feel like that. And I was like, I, because it was angled just right where it just, it kind of looked like a disc. So I was like, yeah, is this, Maybe um, good catch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have like, guessed that. Just a small little thing, not like it's changing how Star Wars is working. But right. it was like a small, like oh, that's a nice little touch. That just instantly makes me think of Hoth and Empire Strikes Back. Like it just kind of felt like that. Speaking of the details and continuity, I wanted to uh, drop the name of the director who is Peyton Reed, which I think did a fantastic job. I love a lot of his work, but. Um, I didn't know this was his episode until the ending credits. I honestly thought it was Filoni's because it felt like an episode of Clone Wars to me. Um, But I think Peyton did a really great job. It was very tense and dramatic. You you guys might know his work from Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2, or even Bring It On. That's right. He made that. He directed that movie too, (laughs) the cheerleader movie. But I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought he did great. I hope he comes back to do more. Yeah. So what else was in your notes? Um, the other thing that was there is, so, and, and this eventually happened, one of my mindsets was the frog creature, since I don't think we were ever told the name of that species. I don't think um, so. We just, we just know that it was the last two of the species that were trying to find inhabitant to have the eggs actually hatch. I was sitting there thinking for the entire time until it actually happened, I, I wrote down, how is there not a translating machine with C3PO basically is one? How do, how do they not have something that can just hold up to their throat and talk and it just becomes whatever language? 
I was sitting there like, how is this not a thing? And then it, basically it happens. And but right after you thought it. <laughs> right after I thought of it, I was like, why, why is this so difficult right now? All right. <laughs> I love, I love and, that too, because it was a, it was a, a very slight thing. You don't have to watch the episodes in order necessarily, but because you don't need to know that full prison break story to understand she was just using a voice translator, but it was a nice way to tie in little things from each episode, but uh, while they all stand alone. The way that they have the new Republic also basically tying back to that prison break as well. Um, Yeah. Loved it. The one thing that I want to question here though, is the new Republic. I actually want to question their, um, like their motives here. Um, how he flew into a sector and it was instantly like he was instantly tailed by the X-Men instantly and then was being forced to turn on his transmitters to make sure I understand that they don't want Empire around anymore but isn't that kind of what the Empire was in from the get-go I get that it was um more of the good side of it but they're still trying to find the remaining of the Empire which again I understand and basically kind of kill them off and they went into attack position before they even called him back or switched back to channel one. Right. So I, I was thinking the same big. thing too. It kind of made them look like bad guys, the bad guys in this. It was in that kind of makes you want to be is I know that the galaxy, they may have not liked the empire, but they may not like the new Republic. And then now they have a sector that they're forcing this to happen. And it, it almost makes you wonder, is this what I, are we going to see the rise of the first order? Actually? I know that the first order stemmed from the empire yeah. but does actually because the empire was dwindling does the new republic in the way that they're acting is that going to be what actually gives the first order the power that they have because a dwindling empire transitioning to first order and now having a mass amount of forces is that what does it is all of a sudden you're forcing these um basic rules on people in these sectors is that what says that. Republic rule is not for us kind of deal. Just like the empire rule wasn't, but they may feel that the empire rule was better. It's, it was something that made me really go. This, this makes them feel kind of villainous until the end. They redeem themselves, but it, it just made me question what is going on here? Like, is this actually who the rebels were? Like, because the new Republic is, in essence, the rebels. Yeah. But you know that it's not the same, but in essence it is because Mon Mothra was still part of the new Republic and so forth. And it was just, it didn't feel right when that was happening. It didn't feel right. Good way to point that out. Yeah. I, I think that was in the back of my head as well. I do think we'll get more added on to that. And I do think, like you said, we're going to get some some look at how the first order arises. And I, I like the comparison of it from the original trilogy to now is kind of like a, not much of a, more of a transfer of power is what it, they would want instead of a um, looking at the, the empire as an abuse of power. So interesting way to look at it um, depending on, who you are, what your thoughts are on. Maybe maybe there's some Empire fans out there who just want to see the First Order rise and take over already. So we'll see. Uh, good job. Um, and then that's really 
kind of my notes from the episode. Um, I have a few things I want to discuss about the trailer and things like that, but I want to like us to keep talking about the episode. We can kind of get to that later because I know that you probably have some more thoughts than what I just, besides, um, forgot this one. Mando is one of the ballsiest pilots we've ever seen. <laughs> going in a sheer, just, um, I can't think of a stall, just going a sheer stall on purpose and just falling. I was in there like, and he was put in the razor crest to the limit. <laughs> like, right. Like that one piloting sequence was phenomenal because even like the rebels or not, not the rebels, the new Republic was going, where does he think he's going to go in a cargo ship? And he lost them for like, I know that they instantly found him once he finished getting to the ground, but it was still like just basically pulling drifts in the air. I don't know how you've heard him. He's a crazy guy. He's a badass, gets into these crazy situations, makes it out the last minute by the, you know, hair on his skin sometimes. And he does it all with a very Zen disposition and it's beautiful. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't have much to say about this episode. It was one of my favorites. It was very simple. That's what I loved about it. Just very simple. A lot, a lot of baby Yoda in this. My girlfriend was like weebing out the whole time. I don't know if weeb is the right word. She was just getting all excited and kind of like, you know, ee! every time Yoda did something. And it really, it really showed like the father son dynamic they built from the last season. Because we never really saw that father-son dynamic, but this was the most. when Baby Yoda was grabbed and had the knife to throw by the Jawa, which was weird to see a Jawa as a bandit also. That, that was weird. Um, or was that a Jawa? I'm not questioning that. I'm not sure, because I did hear Jawa noises, so I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, we haven't seen a, we haven't actually seen a Jawa's face, but that I think, or have, I'm, I'm not confusing myself there. I think it was a Jawa, just not the way that we usually see him dressed and not doing the barter. Well, they did barter. And I think that's why he was able to barter so easily because it was a Jawa and Jawas are that that's their, what they do just inherently right. um, is barter. And I think that's why I was so easy for him to barter, but I, I loved how it was just anything, take anything here. You like, you, you like the pickings, you take the, um, like the choice and just don't hurt the child. And like, you could really tell the care all of a sudden. So like when it comes down to actually finding um, the evil wizards, as it was referred to last season, if um, we end up finding Ahsoka or somebody that um, the child is going to be given to, I wonder if that separation isn't going to happen. Almost like, I don't know if you played Last of Us, where, um, so Last of Us premise, high synopsis is, um, girl named Ellie, and this is Last of Us part one, Girl named Ellie um, is could be the cure to zombie apocalypse. Joel is um, given the task of getting her to this <laughs> science um, facility all the way on the other side of America, and then he just can't let her go. Like that's now his daughter, kind of deal. And it feels very eerily yeah. similar to that. Yeah, very. And I'm not getting into any more detail than that, just because don't want to spoil it because it's a fantastic game, fantastic story. So don't want to go in case any of your listeners haven't played it either. So I'm just going to leave it that. It's just eerily similar stories where you kind of wonder at the end of it, is he actually going to say you need to train this child or is it I'm staying with you. You can train the child, but I'm not leaving. 
I don't care if right. this is your sacred, uh, whatever the case may be. No, yeah, their their relationship was probably my favorite part of this episode because it, it yeah. it's it's amazing how much they showed in their connection with without any real dialogue. It was just through their emotions. And when Baby Yoda runs to Mando for you know help in that one scene, he would cuddles up to him for sleeping. So yep. much stuff done there visually that shows they both care a lot about each other. And seeing yep. that side of Mando for pretty much the first time towards him is really heartwarming. And it's going to, that's going to have consequences in the future of this season, I believe. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we're running out of time, but I know you wanted to talk about the trailer uh, and you had some interesting thoughts and comparisons about it in relation to the show itself. So what, what did you want to talk about? So it was mainly the ice planet that I want to talk about because everybody was pre like preseason. Everybody was going to Elon from Jedi Fallen Order, and it's like we're we're going there just because the Jedi Temple's there. My head was more at is this Clan Rin's planet? Um, because that would be an awesome switch. And as you know, I think they're trying to bring Rebels back to life with this. Sabine's so. gonna be in there, Soka's gonna be in there. Well, Sabine's not confirmed, Soka is. But I really feel like they're trying to bring rebels back to life. Um, and just because Floney's got his hands all over this project as well. Rebels and Floney and like, it, it just, I, I feel like Floney feels like he didn't get to finish telling a story to rebels, even though it yes. rebels was finished and wrapped up with the neat boat, but they did leave it open for more. Yeah. And it, I just feel like they're trying to bring it back to life. So my, in my head, like when they went to the ice planet, I was thinking maybe this is Clan Ren. Um, and then when all the shooting happened at the end, I was going, There's Oh, you thought it was them. I'm like, Clan Ren came to save them at the last second. And I was, I was like, I like the way it ended, but like just in my head, because I told you my whole, like we talked for what, an hour on the phone that one time. Yeah. And I told you, we're going to bring back Rebels and they're just going to say bye to um, Pedro because um, they were saying like all the off, set rumors of him basically being cast aside because he never got to take off his helmet. I told you how they're going to flip it from basically Pedro's the main character to Ahsoka and Sabine because then it's still Mandalorian because Sabine's there. But in yeah. my head, I was like, it explains the dark saber and they want revenge on Moff Gideon. Um, it, it just bringing clan Rin into this because the last one was Bo-Katan was the last yeah. person to be the um, ruler and had the dark saber. So I was like, we can tie all of this together on this one ice planet. And then it just, I, I was kind of disappointed when I watched that. And I'm like, here we go. That, that's Mandalorian. <laughs> that's Clan Ren. And then it was the New Republic, which it was a nice way to still wrap Bo on the end of the episode. But I think I was just in my head. I wanted Boba and Mandalorian fight, which I think is still going to happen this season. But I think I just talked myself so much with the way that the first episode ended. And then with them being on an ice planet, hoping Clan Wren and also Mandalorians were in the area. I think I was just trying to tie so much together. I was using all of this other little stuff and trying to make it more than it was. So I think I was my own usual Star Wars issue, usual Star Wars fan issue. I was my own worst enemy, hyping something up too much because I'm looking at all these little Easter eggs or what I thought were Easter eggs. And then it was just nothing inside the egg. Um, I love your perspective on things. I think I've told you this before, 
jokingly, but now I'm going to say it seriously. When you start working for Lucasfilm as a story consultant, <laughs> I want a tour, okay? And I want uh, everyone's autograph. But no, I, I think, that's why I love talking about Star Wars. Everyone has their own theories and uh, fictions of what's going to happen. But you, unlike other people, you have something to back it up with. And it fits the storytelling a little nicer than some of the theories I hear out there. But I like that point of view. But uh, we have to cut it off there for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please go check out the other episodes of Han Talks first. This Wednesday, we're dropping another episode. And tune in next week for Mando Talk Show, where we'll talk about Chapter 11. Break it all down for you here. Dean, tell everyone where they can find you. And hopefully we'll have Dean back, guys. So uh, we thank you for being here. But tell them where they can find your social media and anything else you want them to know. Thank you for having me, um, as usual, Han. And you can find me as sw- at SwitchDean on Twitter. Um, the handle is The Collectionist. I'm a video game collector. And I usually tweet about video games and Star Wars on Twitter. Links down below. Thank you guys so much. And may the force be with you.